Welcome to Honest Talk about heartbreak, dating, and relationships. Relationships. The podcast helping you navigate your path to happy ever after with your host, Rob McPhillips. Last week, we did the male journey. This week, uh, we're doing the female journey. Um, last week, we broke out the first breakout room into male-female groups. I know a lot of people don't like doing that. What's, what's your thoughts? Should we have a quick poll? Um, hands up for separating by gender and hands up for uh, mixed groups. Okay, so that looks about tied. I think it just makes sense. Like, you know, females might be more comfortable to talk with females just on this particular one today. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what we'll do is split by gender. Okay. So we'll go into breakout rooms. Um, and the question is, if you're if you're a female, what is the biggest problems you face in relationships? If you're a male, what is your perception of the biggest problems in relationships? Can I just check, Rob? If you're male, the question is, what is our perception that women that the, the women feel? Yeah. So we were in gendered breakout rooms for uh, what are the challenges and um, challenges, experiences, and frustrations that women face in relationships. Uh, so now what I'm going to do, I'm going to post a link in the chat. And there is a whiteboard that we can all share ideas on. Now, I've pre-populated it with some of um, my perceptions um, and some of the emailed. Um, some people were kind enough to email some of the challenges that they were facing in relationships. So let me see if I can share screen. What I've got is I've seen this three uh, basic um, causes. Um, so if caused by society, so we've got uh, pressure of like body image and needing to be body perfect. Uh, I think there's a big one of double standards. So this is in terms of uh, sexuality of where men can uh, there's like seem to be double standards between men and women um, in the career in <clears throat> careers and also domestically in terms of uh, both parties both partners might work full-time but yet still the childcare and domestic chores tend to be more um, taken care of by the woman um, and a, a, a pressure to be like superwoman, to do it all, to have the family, to have the career and all of these things. Um, caused by women, um, like a bitchiness or rivalry or um, like that mean girls type of thing. Um, and caused by men. So one is uh, the wrong kind of men. Um, attention from unsuitable men, men who are too young, men who are too old, men who you don't find attractive, um, and how do you um, put them off nicely? Um, then we've got um, then we've got uh, controlling behaviour, 
in relationships, um, men who get angry, who are too, who are moody, jealous. Um, um, there's a line moving, <laughs> moving, um, communication, uh, being a big image, um, men who don't care, take care of themselves and men. So where women feel like a pressure and a need to, um, look their best, um, men who, who can't be bothered, um, dealing with the fragile male ego of not being able to have um, conversations honestly because it will offend the man or it will um, cause a row, um, needing to big them up so that they feel respected and boring men um, in terms of dating um, and being boring and men who have a lack of conversation, men who have interests in who are like fixated on gaming or football or rugby or going to the pub and, and don't have a variety of interests. So on this, you can add, um, if you go over here and you click, is it this one? If you click there, you can add sticky, uh, sticky note. Um, and if you just double click, it will just um, come up. If we set for five minutes to add to that, now, in the meantime, um, anyone who's got anything to say that had anything interesting in their rooms or anything that they particularly like to um, talk about can jump in. couldn't see there what the difference was between the... Uh, I can see one says caused by women, caused by men. I take it there, the different... I didn't see what, what the yellow and the green was. Okay. Okay, um, okay so... We've got, so I was looking at, um, would it be helpful to look at where the causes were? So, yeah, this is caused by other women. Um, this, the yellows are caused okay. by society. So it's like double standards really comes from society. As, as body pressure from the media comes from society. Um, and then the blue ones are really direct interactions with men. Um I was also going to use the green one with caused by self. Um, but then what of that is comes from society. And um, so I left that. Um, Can I give you some suggestions now then. Uh, okay. So we're looking at the, the, the two by two grid. So is there anything covered uh, in your group that wasn't, that isn't on that? already um uh i think um i, I can't i can't see uh the name but someone's talking but is, is muted i would still say the majority still the majority of women still have the even if it's not 50 50 the bulk of custody of children so I'm okay not yeah caused by men it's not caused by women and I don't think it's caused. Well, that would be society because it's the, it's the it's an unfairness in in society. It might be what the woman wants, and uh, well, again, it's you know it might be what the man doesn't want that, but it just yeah, happened, doesn't it? Okay, yeah. So for today, um, we're looking from a, a like last week was. Um, we, so we we need to separate. So like. Um, from the females, it's experience. From us, men, it's perception. Because 
we can't um we can have a perception but we can't have an experience that's yeah but we can also be told um, right. so we can have experience through um, what we're told through relationships um one thing i think that you might have missed perhaps is biological pressure so we talked last week about hormones um, male hormones being testosterone and women also have hormones which drive them perhaps not always to want children um and once they have children to uh, be um emotionally attached to children so there are there are hormones after birth that um, cause the woman to be very attached to the baby which men don't get so um i've i've heard of that from people so the guy saying hey well you know she's super attached to the the little one and maybe i'm not quite so much um so that's something perhaps which is not not always understood or um maybe not covered by your your listing yeah that that's a good one i i yeah i i missed that i knew there was something about self but um yeah so that's 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 a good one so i've put that in and i i think that that given that um i mean we talked about um uh, societal pressures as in roles and role expectations so uh, parents want grandchildren and they expect their their daughters to be in in that kind of situation where they might give them the grandchildren so um I, i've seen that from grandparents if you like where they really want grandchildren um especially mothers grandmothers um and that's that's again one that's not easy to un- to to interpret um yeah and one. yeah among your societal thing we've got sort of um dreams and um kind of um role expectations so role so you know as you said women are expected to to do everything mm. and um something else i think is perhaps more modern is that um i think maybe younger women are experimenting with um with gay um relationships if that's you know if that's not the wrong term or um, non-heterosexual and then switching back um to you know to get married and have children and and i wonder if that's uh something which is a uh, an issue uh, i think it's quite a modern thing um i think there's actually an expression for it but i can't remember what it is where um you know they have a they have a gay relationship whilst they're at college and then they they switch back when they um when they want to have a family which must be quite confusing i think it's not experience i think it's more like the women are less less against the the gay gay relationship than the uh, probably more fluid than the fluid man. yes yes fluid mm. but that but but if you but it's um, not it's not an experience it is just yeah it's it's more natural for women than men i think that's my <laughs> opinion about it 
yeah, I, I just have a personal opinion that sometimes people um, have role confusions, and as you say, they're fluid. And they get into something, and then they then it must be confusing if you find out that it's not really you. So that there must be a, you know, that would be confusing. If that makes sense. Who is it confusing to? Sorry. So uh, if if a man or a woman got into a gay relationship and then realised that they weren't actually gay, um, you know, in a younger life, that that could be um, confusing. Why would it necessarily be confusing? Um, I, th I think um, to a man that is perhaps a bigger issue because there's this whole kind of stereotype where for a man... Um, to be gay is, is an insult, whereas I don't think there has that connotation so much for women. And scientifically, they are more gender fluid. Okay. Yeah, I absolutely second what Rob and also Anas that said. But it's it's about fluidity, and that love is just love, and so it it's not so black and white or anything like that. It's just it's a different form of love, if that makes sense. Yeah, my, my, yeah, my perception is it's probably not a, a problem for women. I think it's, it's, um, but I, I, I don't know if you've got a different point though. I'm wondering who, who is the, uh, where, where does it bring up an issue and who is it for? I'm curious. No, I agree with you, Nicole. I, I'm, I find, I'm just, just wondering. I, I find it a little bit concerning to fear that men feel it's an insult to call gay. I mean, I'm completely straight. Um, but I remember I used to be on the telephone helpline um, for years and years and years. Um, because a lot of, some men would, it was smashes. Some men would phone to masturbate. Um, and they, they asked me, am, am I gay? And I took that as a compliment. Why should I regard that as an insult? So I, I'm not fluid, but it's definitely not an insult to me. So um, it might be a little bit more common with women than men, just from my experience with I'm at school. If I think of the girls at school and the boys at school, the girls seem to, there's a greater number of girls who demonstrate fluidity than men. But I think it's just because, I, I don't know why, but it's definitely not an insult to me. That's my, my own perception. Um. Yeah, I, I do. When I say to men, it, it can seem more of an insult. I don't mean that um, we would necessarily feel an insult, but I think there is a, a macho, um, which I don't think is. Um, I think it's changing, and I think younger generations it isn't. But when I was definitely when I was young, like gay was an insult. Um, they meant that you weren't a real man. It meant that all, all of these kind of things, um, that this and, and there's this macho-ness. And I think, like, so I went to an all-boys school and I'm not in contact with a lot of people. I, I you know, I, I have a few people on Facebook from school, but I don't know, and I definitely didn't know at school, of one single gay um, boy in my school. And now when you take what was there, like five, six hundred boys in a school? Clearly they were, but they it wasn't safe. It's like the um, you still haven't had a, a Premiership League footballer who's come out as gay. And just by numbers, there must be. 
And I think also the gender fluidity um, thing is is maybe, I mean, there, there are some scientific studies, but maybe it's just um, it's more acceptable and more uh, culturally, I think there's less cultural stigma for women. I don't. I don't think well, it's not it's necessarily an insult, but I think of course it's a less stigma because every man is just dreaming about being with a lesbian couple. Of course, it's less stigma. Come on, <laughs> it does come down to porn, really, doesn't it? <laughs> Essentially, yes, it is. <laughs> come on, but but then doesn't doesn't, doesn't the porn re uh, reflect society? Because what's most popular porn? Porn is made, um, or traditionally, porn has been made to cater to male. Mm -hmm. you know, what's what's going to sell to men? But just just to accentuate that point, there actually was one chap just in fashion, and he was found uh, hung, I think, in a mm -hmm. garage or a shed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that shows that even though he did kind of come out, or he was known to be a homosexual, he was killed. They said but he killed was, himself. Yeah, but uh, um, that was later. That was uh, he didn't come out while he was a footballer, and oh. uh, I think his brother disowned him. That's it. Mm. Yeah, that's what um, John Fasnew. Mm. Um, yeah, and yeah, and he was really troubled. Um, and I, I, I think there's there's someone else came out recently, but I don't think he's a current. Um, but it's and you can understand why. Or when you look at the terrace, um, which is very macho, very male, very old fashioned, um, very misogynist. Um, to have a hundred thousand or twenty thousand of those hundred thousand shouting at you, um, um, and also like this, the sponsorship deal. So if you imagine like Ronaldo, um, how much money he makes, um, would that would that be affected? Ronaldo is who is always crying. On. Ronaldo is who is always crying when he the by a ball or something like that. Yeah, that one is the Ronaldo. Yeah, it's, he's really a real man. But um, would, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it may, it may be like if he was the first one, um, it might he might suddenly boost his brand. But um, yeah, for a lot for a lot of men, I was trying to think of a real, really like someone who's who's a footballer whose brand is is built uh, like the I I know it. You have a rugby player who who came out. Yeah. He, come on, he is a real. <laughs> Tom, what's his name? Thomas from 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 Wales. I don't know what is his what, name, what, but yeah. he's really hot. I don't care. Yeah, he, he, he was always extra, but he's hot. But <laughs> I think the thing in 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 rugby is that, that number one, rugby is 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 not uh, doesn't have quite the mass appeal of football, um, and it does, and it's more modern. Um, I think it's more educated. Um, it's not like the terrorist chance. Um, so I think it's, it's perhaps a little bit more accepted. But you have um, an image of these rugged, muscular, brutish looking men who are coming out and saying that they're gay. And in I think in many people's eyes, the two the two don't work, they don't go together because you think that a gay man is has more um, visible female traits. And I think 
people like what's his name? I can't remember his first name. Um, Thomas um, helped to debunk that that notion that being gay means that you're you're kind of female. Mm. Playing the gender roles within your relationship. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I I think so, and I think. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily a, um, for kids in school today. I don't know that it's necessarily an insult um, where it would have been like 30 years ago. Um, but anyway, to get back to the main topic. Um, so everyone has access to the whiteboard um, and can see it. Um, so what we need to do is, um, okay. Um, so, Everyone's had a chance to say anything. Is there anything, anyone who hasn't been able to put anything on the board but wants to include it? Okay, right. So what we'll do now is if we go back into breakout rooms, um, so you should still have access to the whiteboard. Um, and what I'd like you to do is talk through what do you see are the three biggest challenges? Because in our time here tonight, we're not going to have time to to cover all of them. Um, so we'll pick three to try and get through. Okay, so we're looking at those challenges. What do you see um, as the three biggest challenges? Um, and we'll talk about those in the breakout rooms. Okay, so if we go to the whiteboard, um, I'm gonna ask for a quick re recap from each group. Um, but in the meantime, if you go to the whiteboard, I'm going to open up voting. Um, and so everyone can now vote by uh, clicking. If you click a card, you can click three cards um, and vote like that. Um, okay. Um, so th there's one group that wasn't able to, to add anything. Does anyone want to speak out? You mean sort of go through a list of things that we got or our top three? Yeah, uh, we'll top three or anything that wasn't on there. Um, well, when we just left off, we were talking about um, communication and problem solving, that conflict resolving, um, that we find that difficult with um, guys t tending to be, not just guys, but they tend to sort of close off Stonewall and they find it difficult to be vulnerable, to open up, to face that fear. Um, of doing so, yeah. Um. Okay, yeah. I will. One thing that we found, um, I know it's supposed to be a top three, but the thing we were most concerned with was that, you know, um, the playing field. So, uh, you know, in a breakup, the uh, finances are leaned towards women as a custody of children and all of these things. So in a sense, there's a, there's much more, but in a nutshell, uh, the female is pedestalized, which that position must be difficult for, for women to, to live up to or to um, have responsibility towards. Okay. So as in uh, unrealistic expectations from men. From society, less less necessarily so from men, but for societal standards, yeah. 
Okay, so so a pressure, um, as in like needing to be Superwoman and all of those kind of things. Um, yeah, but it's um, that. <laughs> So would that be from that? That sounds a bit like it's from the male experience because it's it's the problem that men have based on women's on the way that. I, to, to be directly honest with you, it did start as that absolutely. But then we also saw that you know, as much as uh, they're up there and we're down there societally in terms of standards, that it must be difficult to be up there. So yeah, we kind of flipped it round and. Okay. Hmm. There is a kind of thing that perhaps we haven't picked out on that I found out recently. We talked, you know, I think we talked about 50% divorce rates, and I found out subsequent to that that in America it's down to 30%. And the reason being is that um, couples aren't committing to a relationship until later in life, and that that then creates a pressure of time. So if people aren't getting together until they're 30, um, then there's then it's ten years before you know, the opportunity to have a family maybe diminishes, um, and that's something maybe didn't pick up on. Um, so, as in uh, the biological clock, yeah, and and also um, the societal pressure to be in a, a committed relationship early in life, um, then there's going to be that that. Time pressure as well, isn't there? Ten years of Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else from any of the other groups? And the only other, just jumping in. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So in our group, I think someone did type it up there, but we talked about communication, expectation, and and the last one we haven't talked about is is shared shared values and your own values and how sometimes. If you have very different, um, va- a very different value system, without realizing it to start with, eventually that kind of can show itself and can and can cause problems too. So, for example, if you had a, if a value was um, you know, freedom and um, exploration, or you know that kind of thing, and on the other side you had a, a value of, um, you know, wanted to be grounded and and just sort of, you know safe those two values come together could cause conflict possibly but it's how you know you might you might you can't change your values to fit in your values are your values okay um so that so would that be more a general relationship rather than a um a, like a feet like a yeah, I, suppose, I suppose yeah general i suppose it would be yeah mm-hmm. yeah general but, you, but yeah yeah it is general but then you can yeah just it was yes. one of our one of our three. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I think it all plays in. It's like there is this difference between genders, um, and then this difference then creates constant conflict in many different mm. ways. Um, okay. Um, well, how would you say that you can be clear what somebody's values are? By what they do, <laughs> um, uh, really, yeah, really. What does someone do? That's the clearest sign of what mm, behavior leaves. Yeah, yeah um, what they find important, what they're yeah doing, what they find important, and where they spend money. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> um, 
actually, I um, I think next week, I don't think there's anything posted for next week. Um, um, and the one that I, re- I really want to um, go into is currencies, um, love, um, time, attention. Um, and yeah, um, so yeah, where sp- someone spends their time, where someone spends their money, um, will show you what they really value. As long as it's not a, f- um, a facade for something and they're being honest, if mm. it's their real behavior, genuine behavior, then fine, yes, you will see who they are. But mm. if it's a con, mm. for want of a better word, you are no closer to the real person than... Yeah, and, and I think that that goes back to a couple of weeks ago, we, we were talking about like the, the why is the flowers from the garage... Um, less valuable and I think that's what it is because there isn't um, an investment of money there isn't an investment of time um, and so it's seen as less valuable because it's easy to do and something so easy to do is is easy to put on the facade rather than um, whereas romance is really about being romantic is about time and attention and effort I call it being part of the introductory offer <laughs> which I don't know Tell me more about that. Um, Well, when people put on a facade of things and promise you all this, that and the other, and you don't necessarily need it, but, you know, they promise this, they promise that. And then, you know, after the three-month honeymoon period, you realise that, yeah, it's not really coming to fruition. So it's a bit of an introductory offer kind of thing. And and it's it's a bit needless, really. You know, I'm sure that they've got, you know, other highlights their personality but yeah i i I think that is um so daz talked about um women being on a pedestal in society wise and i think maybe in the beginning of a relationship there is a competition to be on the pedestal um and that kind of behavior is to be i want to be seen like a man i think wants to be seen as respected and looked up to um so um anyway um, everyone should have had a chance to cl- to vote by now. So I'm going to close it. Is anyone who's having trouble, can't vote, but would like to vote for something? What are we voting for? For the top three. Aha. Uh-huh. So you can click one, two, three of the top three. And they are where? We're, I'm lost here now. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, all right, let me close up the voting. Um, how do I do that? Um, here. Okay. So, uh, so what's come up as we've got two in clear, which is double standards. So sexually in terms of career and domestically, um, men's so contr- beha- behavior from men, um, as in anger, moodiness and jealousy, dealing with that. Um, okay, so shall we take those two? Um, if we have time, we'll get on to communication conflict. We, we covered, I'll, I'll, vote for, I'll vote for communication, I'll add my vote to communication. Okay, so that's the three. Um, we did talk quite a bit about um, communication last, uh, last week, which I, I is really the key between, between, um, men and women 
Um, and we are, just to be inclusive, we are, um, these these do sort of weigh towards, well, they do weigh towards traditional heterosexual relationships. And I, I don't know that there's, if there was enough interest, then we would could do these for same-sex relationships, but I'm not sure that there's enough um, at the moment. Um, so... Okay, uh, so double standards. Okay, so let's, should we, we'll go into the breakout room because there's lots of people. Um, we'll go into the breakout rooms. So, okay, let's, let's just frame what are we talking about in terms of double standards. So when I'm thinking about double standards, I'm thinking about in terms of sexuality, in terms of uh, traditionally it's been if a man sleeps with lots of, lots of women, he's a stud. If a woman does, she's a slut. Um, so there is this, we've talked about the patriarchal idea of, of relationships and, and uh, women's uh, and all that kind of stuff. So in terms of career, there, um, there we've definitely in my lifetime, we've moved towards more equality. Um, I don't know if women feel that there is equality. I don't think. Uh, well, uh, as a woman, quick show of hands, do you feel there is equality societally in career, in in terms of career, in terms of uh, opportunities, in terms of being taken as seriously? Um, do you feel that we've reached equality? If you hand up, if you think we have. Okay. And if you don't, hand up. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, I'm sort of in the middle, Rob. I mean, I think we've come a long way, definitely, absolutely a long way, but there's still much to be to be done. So it's not complete equality, but it's not sort of the opposite either. I think we're somewhere in between, but we still have quite a lot of work to do. Yeah. The gender pay gap and things like that, it's still quite a lot of work to do, but... I acknowledge we've come a long way. Absolutely. <clears throat> That's a question for another night, but would we ever get equality if we, if, if men and women have different differences, um, will we reach that stage? Is it societal or is it, you know, like there is that whole biological um, thing. And so there's, yeah. So yeah. Um, but that's another discussion. Um, okay. So sexually, um, career um, and domestically. In your relationships, who as a woman feels that you have an unfair balance of chores, responsibilities, childcare, all those kinds of things. So if you feel it's unfair, uh, if you raise your hand, if you feel that there's a fair, um, equal sharing of chores and things, in, in relationships, then if you raise a hand. Okay, so, okay, if you feel there is equality in terms of chores domestically, um, so if you can raise your hand now, if you don't feel that there's a fair, um, fair distribution, you don't feel there's equality, if you raise your hand now. Okay, yeah. Right, so definitely uh, a feeling that a perception is unfair. Okay, so 
Is everyone clear what we're talking about in terms of double standards? Okay. Um, do you want to go back to mixed? <laughs> this is this is the the meetup of polls, right? Do we want to go to mixed groups or back to gender gender specific? Okay, if you want to go mix next, I think we can mix it now. Okay, okay, so we're going to recreate the rooms. Um, so oh, too many. Okay, um, so you should get a link. Um, we're, we've got 10 minutes to talk about double standards. There's like some interesting conversations going on. Um, who wants to share what insights or what came to mind or their experiences or stories? I don't know whether everybody's covered it, but maybe uh, there's a bit of double standard where people expect, or some men might expect, might work both ways, um, a woman to be modern but also traditional. So want them to work, but also want them to be more of a mother or a house woman. So that's double standards hang on. You can't have, they want them to be both, whether that is double standards or it's, they want both pieces of the pie. Hang on, you want one or the other, you can't have both. Unless you're sharing, you know. I want you to be domestic and a good mother, but I also you want you to work as well. Well, hang on. Well, if you want all that, then you're going to have to chip in in all them avenues as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think that is... Um... I want you to work, but also then what you want to come home from work, look after the house and also you to do the cooking, whether some men expect too much in that sense. I think um, what I have heard is a lot of relationships have had to be redefined, especially during the lockdown, I hear so many people, like everybody's working from home, but yet the woman I've heard a lot still has to sort out the homeschooling. So you've got two people working from home, but the woman still has to do the homeschooling. She still has to break in the middle and sort out lunch for everybody. And, uh, and I know some, I know a few of my friends have had to have a talk about that and change things because it was, there was a pattern forming and, you know, it's kind of like, well, hold on a minute. Okay. We're, we're all working from home now. So <laughs> we've all got to sort of, you know, um, chip in. And I think that was quite difficult to begin with. There's a lot of women on stress leave at work at the moment because they're just not able to, to juggle everything. And there's, and there's two people at home. Mm. I, I, th I think um, the inequality domestically then affects the career um, equality because when there is that um, thing and it's like if we, if we take on a society like generally um, the weight of when a sick child, when there's homeschooling um, does tend to fall more to women if we look at it statistically, um, which means that then when you, when you look at, Go, uh, people going for like an employer going to hire someone 
do they hire the man that they know that they have full attention or the woman that they is um like societally going to take on more responsibility so uh be interested to hear from some more of the, uh, the women's perception of is there a, an element so one of the things i've heard is that men just won't do it or as in oh, i can't do it um um and so ultimately where a man can sort of back out a woman doesn't feel that she can or it's a bit like that thing where they wash the pots and they do such a crap job you won't ask them to do it again <laughs> maybe or you get that i bring home the bacon therefore that's my contribution uh, and I've heard that even from, well, not not so much, but I've heard women earning more than a man, but yet still having to do the domestic. Yeah. What do you mean by having? You make it sound like an obligation. Surely it's a, an agreement and negotiation between the two. Well, it is. That's, what, that's where my question is that... Um, some women feel because when I've asked them, um, they feel well, well he won't do it, um, or um, you know, societally, there is a perception that women are more caring. More because the women are more caring, it's 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 in our gene because we we are the eternal. Yeah, we, we can have a children, so yeah, we are carrying them. So of course we are more care because it is it is in our DNA. But actually it's a simple domestic thing like find the freaking with your socks, find the laundry and put in the laundry basket, it's not really difficult. So I think because most of the mother is <laughs> a little bit kinder or more maternal. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you don't need to put there, it's fine. And what if you go into the girl's room, most of the time, okay, not my gut child because she's horrible, but uh, <laughs> but if you go to the girl's room, it's more uh, organized. And if you go to the <laughs> boy's room, it's like a bomb just exploded somewhere. And, you know, it's sometimes the laundry is moving because under it, Underneath, maybe there is a sandwich from the last decade or something. So, I so I think the the mothers sometimes they are not uh, not that strict with the with the boys than with the girls. Well, that's quite interesting that you say that because um, when my ex-wife and I split, I I I, um, I was a single dad, so I had the girls in a week, um, and so they were about. Nine, nine, nine and eleven. Um, but I didn't do like when they went to their mums. They packed their bag. I didn't. I just like you need to go. You need to pack stuff. Um, whereas maybe a mum would have been more. Um, yeah, would have maybe done more. Whereas I was like, you, you, this is what you need. Go and sort it out. And and they sort of they. So they did more, I think, maybe where some, I don't know whether it's 
me, I was just a um, less nurturing parent or whether, like, is there a general where men will, because I, I've heard, um, like I've read, that the role of a man is more to help children as they get older to be more independent to like make their way in the world. Whereas the, the, the mums traditionally has been to nurture them, um, make them feel safe in the home. And then it's kind of like the dad becomes more important. Don't know if that's, has any. No, there's that book, isn't there? How to raise boys, isn't it? That's, I can't remember that guy's name now, but that, that book is actually, that's what it says that the, you know, as, as boys get older, they need more of a mentor and there's one how to raise girls as well it's a similar similar thing but i'm just thinking my my two children i can walk into my daughter's room and i i can't see the floor she's 12 my son he everything's put away everything's hung up everything's tidy so there is that you are who you are kind of yeah. i haven't raised them any differently they're both i raised both of them but they they are it's not it's not a gender thing i don't think from that you know because they are so different she's an absolute yeah. mess and he's just so organized but there is that thing as well isn't there men are that that mind of hunter gatherers evolution to women are nesters so it's in us as well to be that way so then we as, as society changes we have to maybe look at how we work differently together I think in our group, Stephen touched upon it and um, going from, I think, both Agnes and Nicola, Nicole, I think it is, made me laugh. Uh, yeah. I think sometimes it's a level of maybe generally men aren't, aren't as house proud. So it's like we're happy with a certain level of how to do the pots, how to do the ironing. Oh, that'll do. It's only got two creases in it. <laughs> Fine, I'll throw it on. But then some point, if you was in a relationship, you might get told uh, you're not going out like that. You know, you need it. I, I expect an even better level of the pots. That's not clean. That water's not warm enough. Um, you know, it's like we say seven out of ten is good enough. And it's then you're told, no, I'll... We need eight or nine. Mm. Is it like the like the old men behaving badly? <laughs> I used to love that. Mm. So I think, uh, yeah, uh, I think Stephen touched on it. You know, we'd say, "Oh, them clothes have been there for four days." Yeah, but they're clean, and you know, don't matter. And if you had a woman around the house, you might either make the effort yourself. If you had a woman around the house, or if you had. A relationship that didn't live with you, you might make a bit more effort, but because you don't, you might just say, Oh, it's acceptable. So our acceptable is different to women's acceptable on not everybody, but mm. more than 50% anyway. So the majority. Or it could be seen that you deliberately um, not do as good a job so you won't get asked again. Yeah, well, that's, I remember my, my, my grandmother said that to me very early on that she, my granddad was ironing his, um, you know, she asked my grand, he asked my grand to iron his, um, you know, suit for him for the Navy and did such a terrible job that he never got asked again. She never got asked again, you know, so same thing. That is dust. Thank you. Um, I think there's an, an issue of roles and um, 
there, there perhaps needs to be an understanding that people sometimes enjoy the roles and they actually like being in charge um, and they like having that control. So from my own upbringing, I would say that my mother wouldn't let us do anything. Um, she wouldn't let us, whereas my father would. So um, as, as you were saying, you know, he... He taught us how to do some plumbing because he had to do some plumbing. It's like, come and watch me do this. Um, okay, he's got to do some decorating, right? You can do the prep work because it's your room. So now I know how to do those roles. Um, whereas my mother saw it as her role to do everything. So there was no way she was going to let us in the kitchen and teach us how to do any cooking or, or anything like that. So not just me, but also my sisters. Um, and um, as you said about, you know, everything wanted to be tidy and picked up, um, that was something that she saw as her role. So like um, housekeeping was something she she wanted to do. Um, as children, perhaps we were quite happy to allow that, I'm sure. But um, whereas my father would have wanted us to have done a more equal share, my mother didn't. So I think that's something to be considered that the role has has some association of, of pleasure and control actually doing that job gives the job satisfaction that that brings to mind something else Stephen. in um where because we've become more uh there's become more equality um, but sometimes that means that there's a pressure on women that they now have to be career women where they might have like, you know, like you talked about your mum enjoying that role, um, where some women who are in that role, who, who would love the traditional role, feel that they, that's, they can't do that anymore, feel that they need to be the career woman. Does, um, does anyone feel that or know of someone or, or has seen that? Where like in the drive for equality, it then becomes a pressure that you have to become a career person rather than you might just be happy being a stay-at-home mum. You mean that it's a choice of either or? No, what I mean is, um, so there's a, there's a problem that we didn't have equality and still by talking about we don't have equality now so that's a problem because there are lots of women that aren't reaching the potential that they'd like to have in their careers because of barriers because of their gender but equally there are women who would like a more traditional role but because of this general shift, um, they, they then aren't aren't allowed, or or don't or feel a pressure that they have to be a career person, whereas they might like to be a stay at home mum, or they might like to be, um, you know, the traditional housewife. I think that has to do with the value with valuing housework or being the homemaker, and if it had a similar value or some esteem attached to it that's equivalent to being at in an office somewhere, 
then that um, notion that oh, but you don't do anything. What do you do? You are you you only stay at home. How do you? What do you do each day? Not realizing that that person probably keeps the family working uh, um, and keeps that family going um, in many respects because they are in charge of most of the things that individually and collectively as a family that they 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 they, they um, supervise or oversee. And until I think we have respect for that role, then there will be that conflict because it's not seen to be equivalent. And yet still as a, as a mother, she's handling finances, she's handling entertainment, she's handling health issues, she's, she's everything, she's doing everything. Hmm. I, I think that we point blame in the wrong direction. Um, in that, um, that, that feminism is about equal opportunities within the workplace. Um, but the reality is, is that employers will pay people the least amount of money they can possibly get away with, and that they will expect people to work until they drop um, and work all the hours under the sun if they can get away with it. Um, and <clears throat> the fact that the women have come into a stronger role in the market in the, the workplace enables employers to reduce wages for both and drive up the hours of work for both um, and that's that's the issue that that isn't really being addressed so we we see it as a gender issue when really it's a it's an employer employee issue so um, you know, the same thing applied as I saw it when um, the uh, pensions were equalised in the UK and if women were able to retire at 60 and men at 65 and they didn't normalise it in the middle, they, they just made women to be 65 the same as men. Um, and that's about government taking, you know, away the benefits to the population, if you like, in the same way as the employers will um, will prevent people from having a work-life balance if they're allowed to get away with it and they will um, pay the least they can. So I think that, whereas in the past, I think when we had men only working, the employers didn't have that choice. They had to pay men a, a living wage because otherwise the families weren't they weren't able to work because they were supporting the family. Whereas now that both are working, they can pay half and still expect more, um, which is unfair to people that are single in a sense, um, because they get, you know, everyone loses out. So I think we point fingers at gender, whereas it's really employee, employer, um, and uh, salary distribution and wealth distribution. So certain people in in society and making huge amounts of money at, at the benefit at the loss of everyone else but but that's that's generally that's that's about what we value we value uh cristiano ronaldo um million times over the cleaner um the cleaner is the one that keeps things going um but there's this like the Kardashians, Ronaldo, people like that are are what people value. And so 
um, it's really a, a wider societal issue of what we're valuing. Do you think we are valuing a Kardashians or a love islands or this kind of stuff? Or just be valuing because that is what we get? You know, um, it's, it's, it's not, of course, you still you can choose if you, you want to watch the university challenge or you want to watch the love islands, but come on, the love islands is more, okay, not for me because it's, it's horrible, but it's, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's, it's more um, digestive. How can I say? Yeah, it's more easy to digest than a university challenge when I'm sitting there. And what was the question? I do not understand the question, not knowing the answer. So it's like, so probably this is the reason why people like Kardashians or I don't know. Yeah, because it's, it's digestible. It's like the food industry. We value chocolate over broccoli because the food industry takes like our taste buds Um, and it's the same as social media and the media. They, um, like films are, are carefully, they have to have so much change, so much emotional um, um, variance to keep our attention. So, so what they're really doing is um, taking like our, our taste buds, our attention buds, our attention um, capacity, Um, and just stimulating us, which is, like you say, the, the easiest the easiest thing to watch. But that's why we're watching that. I mean, we're not watching the, I don't know, um, something, more, something more meaningful because it's easy to watch. Um, so it, it, the economy, it really comes down to the economy Um, is driven by our most base uh, instincts. Um, and because of that, that's what we respond to unless we override that. Um, and so that's, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not going out buying, um, I can't even think, but like Mother Teresa or, or someone equivalent's t-shirts but millions of people are buying Ronaldo's t-shirts it's um, it's not societal is it it's to do with capitalism so um, if you if you look at societal values society values the NHS society in this country values the nurses and yet the government who who should be representing society has chosen to give them a small pay rise because of um, the financial, because they can get away with it, basically. Um, in the same way, it's just, it's Ronaldo isn't paid by society, by the by the fans directly, um, although the fans could choose not to pay. Um, he's paid because, he's paid the salary he's paid, because if he wasn't, he would go to another club that would pay him more. So it, it's to do with the social, it's to do with the economic um, scenario more so than societal isn't it it's not about value it's not you don't get paid what you value and valued you get paid what you can get away with and they pay it supply and demand isn't it um, i think the fundamental issue though is that we are sold on glamour that's the, the desirability of 
um, being seen with a Ronaldo or being a Kardashian and having all the fancy clothes. That's what we are sold. It's a desire. It features, as as Rob says, um, our taste buds. Um, it gives us a sense of euphoria and things that we are striving for. Um, the Ferrari, the Lamborghini, the fellow who, whatever, you know, the jets and what have you. Um, so we strive for that. Whereas, as you say, the cleaner, there's nothing sexy or glamorous about him. So he or her, you know, so you don't desire to be them. And it's marketing. It's yeah, it's back to economics in a sense, but and it drives it. But at the same time, it is it is appealing to our base, our basic instincts. Hmm. Dream to be to be to be desired, to be desirable, to be, you know, in the latest fashion, whatever it is. And that's what we 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 seek. And um whatever the whatever the cost is, we try to get it. Whereas um the the nurses and the teachers um they're not glamorous, they don't provide us with glamour. Yeah, but Sandra, I can't imagine you are just wearing a really small dress just because this is what <laughs> what is the trend at the moment. You know, oh, when you, yeah, you know this kind of stuff when you just covering the nipples and the, and the yeah. other parts, and that that is the dress. But <laughs> they are going out because that is the trend. So, it drives the market, though. It drives the market. And so that you get um, people who can come up with those brands and, and get those brands sold and make money for the um, investors who invest in, in those. Um, that's where the attention goes. And people want to be a part of that because it's all hype and glamour and money flowing and you get to meet interest so-called interesting people <laughs> um, glamorous people whereas the people who do the work and really deserve to be paid properly are left behind because they become faceless they are part of the system hmm. and and i think that's where um homemakers um fall into that category um they they are there they're stable they um they don't create waves they they're the glue that keeps the home together and um that's it but also because it's convenient because it's convenient i mean when the when you break the families and the identity of people it's easier to control them and to manipulate them mm. so okay so, I mean, um, I wonder, obviously I'm not a woman, so I don't know if uh, I have some kind of right to say this, but I wonder if the feminism has done a, a, a proper job, because a, a few days ago I was chatting with a friend and he told me something very, I think is very interesting. He said, I look at the women and I don't, I, I don't feel they are feminine anymore. You know what I mean? So I don't fear the men are men. Come on, it's the same. No, no, it's the same. <laughs> it's true. No, no, and that's true. That, but, but that's for another. Probably that's for another event because today we are talking about the um, about the women, no? But um, no, no, it's, it's true. I agree with you. Um, so yeah, so yeah. 
Tinder is a bad influence in in both men and women nowadays, and is um, distorting the how not the re well the reality how we see the reality. You know what I mean? But please, def did he define what it? What is it to be? What does it mean to be feminine? What are considered feminine? Well, he said. They are no yeah, in example, he say, women drank as much as men. They swear as men. They get drunk. Uh, they get. Um, they smoke like men. I mean, um, is this is this not the double standard thing coming into him? Uh, what do you mean? I mean, I don't like people who get drugs or drink too much. I don't smoke. Uh, you know, I mean, each person can do whatever they want, but I wonder, as uh, somebody said before, uh, if a woman wants, or is what I understood, is if a woman will, wants to stay at home, doing uh, typical work at home, why should we judge in a bad way? Because she doesn't want to pursue a professional career. You know what I mean? So I think it's, I, I don't know. Uh, um, probably, <clears throat> I don't know. probably the problem, or I think the problem is that, well, maybe it's not a problem, but like women have tried to become men instead to be a uh, to keep a women and stand for the rights as a as women. You know what I mean? I don't think they've tried to become men, they've just tried to assert themselves as in the way that they feel that they want to be. Um, I feel that. Obviously, society has generally um, uh, the, the has, has allowed. Dropping. Sorry, the line keeps dropping. Uh, the sound keeps dropping, so I don't know what you said. Oh, sorry. Um, I think society has set certain standards for how women can be. So, women aren't trying to be men. We're not, and they're not. We're not trying to take on masculine traits necessarily we're just being as is and i think it's just um people don't necessarily know how to take that maybe i i think i think i think that's a good point i think we've had this patriarchal thing and to to have power you had to be a man um and so what's what then happens is women have ve had very few role models uh, of women who who were able to be feminine and um, operate on an equal playing field. So if you look at here, we had Margaret Thatcher as the first female prime minister, and she was really a woman who had a lot of masculine energy or a lot of masculine behaviours, and she had to kind of outman men, outman men, um, and so in a lot of the push for equality a lot of women have seen that you know it became i think in the 80s it started with, with women feeling that they had to wear business suits and power suits um and do a, because the way that you got power and the way that men respected you was seeing you as a man um and I, so i think i think w when we're talking about society i think societally we have to be honest about what we really value so, because politically, we all say that we want the NHS and whatever, but w with our votes, we vote for who's going to, who's going to, um, when someone is going to add more money to give more money to nurses, they're going to put more money into schools. 
Um, but they're also going to take our ad, um, ad taxes, then s suddenly we're unable to, then, then we vote for the person that's, um, goodbye, um, we vote for the person that's going to um, give us more money. Um, and so honestly, we don't, we don't value, we don't value the homemaker, we don't value, we value money over um, what we say we value often. Um, and so we have to look at really, we talked about last week being the age of confusion. I think men are confused in that they don't know what to do, but also women, um, there's a confusion that a lot of women feel that they have to push too far to the other side. Um, and so it, it's not necessarily natural behavior from them but it's what they feel they have to do within the system to have power. Um, and so I think... What do you mean, sorry? Will you give an example? Well, okay, so if we look at... So let's use Margaret Thatcher as an example. She was the first female prime minister. She got power by being stronger, more domineering than her colleagues, like her, her peers. Um, and so she, her behavior was probably, was much more masculine, um, than feminine. Um, she lost like the nurturing part. She lost all of those things and she, whether naturally or, or because that's for what she felt she needed to do to have power, um, she became more masculine than feminine. It took classes sense? to lower her voice, you know, so that, yeah. she, could sound, she, so she could sound not not, um, not as shrill, not like a shrill girl. So she mm. she, she could command her men. Mm. Um, and, yeah, and, I agree, actually. Sorry, no, I agree. Um, I work in a law firm, a city law firm, and the female partners, a lot of them, um, you know, I've had to have a few conversations, um, like, you know, mediating with their support team because of the complaints about how they talk to people, very aggressive. Um, and a lot of the time we're wondering why, why do they have to behave this way? Um, and some of the men, the male partners don't, very approachable, good to talk to, easy to talk to. For some reason, I don't know if it's uh, is it competition? Is it they're having to assert themselves in a certain way to so they don't get pushed around, whatever? But um, you know, some of them I have to say quite obnoxious mm. in the workplace, and um, yeah, that's probably a similar similar situation, I guess. Yeah, I, th I think there is th th there is probably um, a perception. I don't know. Um, you can tell me if this is true. Um, that maybe there's a perception from women that they're going to be, um, they have to do, like I've heard women say, they have to do better than a man to be treated the same as a man. Um, mm -hmm. And so the, when we're talking about values, like the corporate cultures often value money over people, um, yeah. getting things done. Um, and so there's probably an insecurity like for that kind of behavior, there's an insecurity. Whereas a man, 
um, feels like I'm a man, you know, like I, I'm a man and, and feels le- less of that. Like uh, Richard Raw talks about um, men having too much confidence, like I'm great, I, let me just prove it myself I'm great, and women not having enough. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, okay. what, I, yeah, what I'm thinking is there's a, a compensatory yeah. um, aggression to feel to feel that and I think I think if we run on the defaults then we are going to value the Kardashians over everyone else and we are going to value the glamorous jobs and the jobs that have status um, or the jobs that have status are going to have status because we value something outside the home rather than um, being a stay-at-home parent um so i think it's it's really about honesty of what we really value and then not not feeling that you have to fit in conform to social social pressures i can tell you for example sorry 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 sorry. i was just going to say um i'll let you finish but um we need to then move on because we're, I think we, um, what might be really interesting for people to discuss is men's controlling behavior or, um, so we'll get on to that, but, but yeah, if you do, you want to just wrap up. If you, uh, it's a good thing you said that because I was just going to relate, um, some experiences that I've had dealing with men at that level, wherein, um, what they do is I have found in my situation I don't have to work harder than the man to prove that I know what I know and that I'm doing my job. But what they do is there are some subtle things that they do to undermine you, which others may not see. I have been told, I remember I had a a function, some minister of agriculture and whatever has come in and USAID and all of those diplomats and stuff. And we had this function and we did it and it worked. And the representative from one of the agencies came up to me and this had to do with my fish life. And he said to me, boy, you're looking so good, just like a fish I could eat you. I mean, I was mortified. Okay, because for all of what I had done for the day to put on this function, and it went well, to be told by this man that all he saw was that I was delectable and not... Not to not to tell me that I did a good job and that the function went well and that the minister was pleased or whatever. No. Okay, excuse me. When... Andy called you a boy. That's terrible. <laughs> no fish. <laughs> oh, yeah, so sorry. Could you could you tell us more or less the age of that man and when this happened to you? Oh, he was much older than I was. I think he was, um, at the time, he was probably in his early 40s, 30s. Um, how many years ago? This, 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 oh, this, years, this, this. years, years ago, years ago. Yeah, but okay, we, are, we are talking a bit about a different generation of people. No, 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 no. I, what I'm talking about, it, it, it still continues. And when I say years ago, I mean, I'm here 20 odd years. I'm talking 20, maybe, yeah, maybe around 
Thirty years, but I think in twenty years' time, the society has changed dramatically. Well, hold on, hold on. Can I address this for you for a second, Sandra? Do Do you yeah. really truly believe that it was based on your gender, or that actually structures of hierarchy and negging, as it's called, exist uh, between men and men and women and women? No, no, no. Okay. Um, there's, I'm not also what happened, there's also a cultural thing too, okay? But yeah. it was meant as um, a way of, of 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 just bringing you down slightly. They would not. He would not have said that to another man. If if a man had done the job that I was doing, he would not have belittled. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Don't be wrong. Men do that to to men, but in a different way. Yeah. But you know, okay, it's, okay fine, yeah. But I'm, I'm don't, just don't think that we respect each other when when um, when an old uh, when an old manager feels uh, threatened by a by a young uh, younger man a younger man in the in the office. They they, they 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 have they have their own tricks, you know, to do that to, to undermine I'm not, the. I'm not the, saying no. I I hear you. So, but I'm just saying to you that as a female. There are subtle ways that men, you're doing your job, you're doing it well, and they are some. In, they, there's always a little comment, which has to do with your gender, in the sense that it is, oh, you're looking so nice today under the quad. Well, I would, I can imagine you um, up on the mountains with me with a glass of wine. This is after a board meeting. Come on, um, you know, <clears throat> we could whatever, whatever, and it just, it just deflates you because that person is your, could be the managing director. Okay, yeah. but you know, it's, it is just the. Uh, how you react? That of course it wasn't really a great comment from him. So, but I do remember when I was working in a hospitality, and and if I talked to one of my coworkers who was a male, and oh, you are so handsome today, and they already know I want to ask something. So it's, it was it. I think it can be in a both ways. So if you say, oh yeah, you look really good today, and they were like. Hmm what I need to bring now, what I need to do. So it's just it's just how you're playing up this kind of thing. But yeah, of course, the man can be really... <laughs> this, is about, this, is about, this is about this is about hierarchy now. This is about... Mm. This is not about pairs. Pairs, I, you, you joke around, you say things, you, you can... And it's, you know, it, as friendly banter. But when um, there is... Uh, Senior, senior person and a, and a junior person, relatively speaking, or even if they're pairs and you're trying to put that person in their place. One boss said to me, why do you need to get this salary? Because you have a husband once. No, I was worth this salary. Okay. And what made it worse is that I was managing 50 men. And the boss didn't want to pay me. But any boss want to pay married. any more money? Any uh -huh. boss want to any boss doesn't want to pay any more money. Doesn't matter. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not supporting. I, I'm not saying that uh, that guy was did something good because he didn't. But uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, when you go to your boss and ask for an augmentation, he's always going to come with some kind of bullshit. 
not to pay you more. So you have to, you know, negotiate with them why they have to pay you more. But sorry, I, I, okay. I want to say something else. So, so, th so this is in a political context. So now we'll move it to a more personal because um, in the like corporate or the, the organizational um, environment, there are the, that's um, layers of political. So let's let's take it more personal. Um, in terms of, so it's talking about so what it came up with was um, men's behaviour and relationships. So in terms of being controlling, in terms of not being able to deal with their emotions, in terms of what was that the uh, jealousy. Um, what was was there anything else around that? So we're talking in a more personal relationship. Because I think if we, if we talk in the political, then um, it's going to, it's huge. But if we scale it um, back, we, it, it's to a level, we're still not going to be able to cover much of it, but we're going to be able to um, make it a little bit more specific and more focused. Um, okay, so anyone experience insights, problems, challenges? in terms of being in relationships, dealing with men. Can I speak, please? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, regarding my recent breakup. Recent breakup? Uh, yes, I broke up with my boyfriend because he... Um, the one who asked your housemate for her telephone number. Yeah, he 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 asked my tenant for number, <laughs> and then and he maintained no, and he still doesn't think he did anything wrong. What do you guys think, by the way? What do you want to listen? Truth. Okay, um, so so we're talking about uh, the, the dealing with the behaviour now specifically of being in the relationship. Yes, this is a behaviour in the relationship. Sorry, um, how do you pronounce your name, Mister Martin? It's easier to pronounce your last name. What, what's okay. your what's your what do you think? <laughs> well. <laughs> I think he was a bastard. What? A bastard. Bastard? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, it's true. I mean, if you are dating a woman for four months, and um, you are, I think it's enough time to, to think that you are in a, I think, in a, I would feel I am in a serious relationship because I have invested I, I, four I months in a person. So why to ask I, her phone okay. for her telephone number? It has no sense. Okay, really so, so what, what we're talking about in the question now is what problems and challenges are women facing in terms of men's emotional behaviour? So in terms of anger, in terms of being controlling within a relationship. So we, we have covered, um, so Faye, I think your, your question is very specific, but it's outside of the context of this. Okay. Okay, so, so we're something. Okay, so well, so we we have covered what happened, and I I don't feel that like 
when you go through a breakup, you want to justify um, what's happened and you want to make sense of it. And you, and I, I feel that maybe um, you might necessarily want that, but that this isn't like what we're talking about right now. Oh, okay. So, so oh. It, it's the problems that women are facing and okay, okay. Um, we're not, we're not going to vote on. Okay. Men's uh, fragile eagle. Yeah. Yeah, well, we can talk about that. So when something um, uncomfortable is addressed, the default position is to retreat to their comfort zone. They don't want to man up and um, take responsibilities and venture into the unknown. And uh, to um, further improve themselves. Yeah, so, so like stonewalling. Just stonewall. Stonewalling is, is, is when um, someone just shuts up and just won't say anything and won't show any reaction. No, it's manipulation. Uh, so what's manip manipulation? For example, I say, I can't trust you. And he say, if you can't trust me, then there is no point in continue this relationship. And then I say, oh, I agree with you. There is no point uh, in continuing the relationship if you can't be honest with me. Okay, so so honesty in a relationship. So, um, okay, so, um, all right, so let's take that one step at a time. So how many, does has stonewalling been the problem? Because someone else has mentioned. So stonewalling is so that what you talked about Feiwu, is defensiveness so um where it's where someone won't really go any deeper they won't um really talk about the issue they'll just deflect it so one way of dealing with of like so stonewalling is one way where where someone will just shut up and just won't go any further Defensiveness is another way of deflecting it. So you, you're talking about defensiveness. Um, so do we have any other examples or any other places where it's a problem or a challenge? Uh, gaslighting is is, um, is is one, isn't it? That's the other term where people create a fabricated story and they present that fabricated story as if it was the truth. So. Um, you know, you're expected to accept a lie. Um, that's that's another sort of issue mm. based on what you're saying. Yeah. Um. I think the infidelity as well. I think it's more a um, man thing. Okay, now because of the feminism <laughs> is is uh, getting better than the, now the woman is cheating as well. But I think it's more still a man thing because somehow the man handling the sex more easily and not like a, not like a real infidelity when the woman still think if you are giving your body to someone else, it is an infidelity. And I think a man still think if I don't give my soul, or my love, it is, and I still I love you. It was just a sex. What what is your problem? So I think it still it's a little bit 
different from men and women. But okay. Women okay. Let's just equally. Let's, so let's just have a, with the other women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, yeah. Okay. So just a quick another poll, since this is the night of polls. Who feels there is more infidelity from men than women? So hand up if you feel there's more infidelity from men than from women. Um, hand up if you feel there's more infidelity from women than from men. And hand up if you feel it's equal. Well, men treat uh, their women with the other women, so it's equal. Yeah. It, um, I think... Um, Traditionally, women have hid it, hidden it better. I won't be so sure. Um, I wouldn't be so sure. We had it better. <laughs> Not me personally. <laughs> What's that, sorry? We, we are good at hiding. We are good at hiding. So are men. No, we are very no, good we, at hiding. I, I think we are not better to hide things, but the men are less uh, better to realize things because they are don't they don't care. You know, it's sometimes this. I don't know if you saw that on Facebook or somewhere. If you want to tell your secret to your husband, you can do that because it will be safe because they never listen. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, I they never listen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so so in in terms of in terms of dealing with men's emotion, a lot of that comes from from roles, as in there's an inequality in terms of most men are stronger than most women. Um, so typically, the man is stronger. Um, you you mean physically? Well, phys well physically, and also the man has had more power. Um, and so there's an inequality to relationships. And so there's also like the more, uh, I think women are like the old joke about dating is um, a woman fears that her date's going to be an axe murderer and a man fears that she's going to be overweight. Um, and, and recently there's been like the, the whole wolf whistling and women being harassed and, um, was it Sarah Everett, um, who was um, uh, like taken and killed? Um, so women tend to be in more danger, and traditionally, where there's been abuse, um, violence, um, it, and it was kind of kept quiet. So there's there's we're dealing with that, like coming from from the past. Um, and so there's still remnants of that sense of danger from women, perhaps, in my perception. I don't know if women feel that. I think if we live honestly and um, authentically, then we don't have that kind of fear. Um, okay. So I do not agree with you. I think only happen to bad people. Generally speaking, I mean, that kind of bad thing. Okay, okay. Like so, a matter of life and death. All right, so, so let's, talk, let's talk about, so you talked a little while ago about your circumstances. Um, and 
you, sometimes you're in a relationship with someone and you don't fully know that person. And so during the course of the relationship, you find out things about them and you find that they're not the person that you really want to be in a relationship with. But um, they still have difficulties leaving them. Yes. And sometimes... If, if you do not like something, you are in a relationship, you are realized after three, four months or six months, and you know the both of you, you are just taking off your mask, but you are just waiting for a first honeymoon thing. And after you are realized this person is somebody else and it's not what you want, you are just saying, darling, mm-hmm. our journey together is over. Goodbye. You don't need to stay in a bad relationship just to prove yourself. You can change the other part, or you can just change, or or you can just prove, yeah, I can I can be with this man because I saw something in it. It's, it's just things. Mm. No, because uh, the, no, it's because you can't help but noticing their potential, what they could be instead yeah. of what they are now. Yeah. No, it's uh, why you are why you are thinking about potential. The the man because I'm an idealist. <laughs> yeah, we we talk about it. It's a man is more simple. Come on, if they are showing eh? something, they sorry. So, <laughs> but it's what they are showing. They are. They do not have more potential. They do not have anything. What they show, they are. You don't. It is just you who is thinking. Oh yeah, I can change them. No, you can't. Rob Rob touched upon this the other week. There are two mindsets, a growth mindset who will change, who will learn and who will grow and you'll work things out. And then there's the other type, which, yeah, will never go anywhere and they are what they are set in stone, so to speak. Uh, Don't don't, um, don't say that because she she will believe it all the time and she is just going to one bad relationship to the other because she will just stuck with the stupid man because she tried to change them come on you cannot tell her <laughs> car you are evil don't believe her don't believe him it's, okay. it's a lie <laughs> yeah my mom has spent her, her entire life trying to change my dad all in vain so so there's also um also nicole has said about um some cost um, some people don't want to leave a relationship because, you know, they've been in it two years um, or just, but so many people are stuck and the people who are most stuck in relationships is because, but, but it's got this right. It's got this right. It's got this right. If you just change this and do we really love someone if we want to change them? Uh, yes, because uh, a man's greatest burden is unfulfilled potential. If you truly love <laughs> that man, no. you want your help. No, 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 no. The but who determines <laughs> the potential, what poten- the potential is? The potential to be someone better, to, to, to achieve situation. Um, but in whose eyes? You because it, maybe what you, you think is a potential, maybe I will think, oh my God, what is wrong with that man? So it's not the same. You cannot expect every man just like <laughs> David or you can go there for a first date and, okay, darling, can you tell me, could you cook? No. Okay. So next one, do you take laundry? Do you do this, this, this? And after, oh, okay. Mm, I can see you have potential to improve yourself in the housework. 
But no, it's not working like this. It's not. They are. They will say, no, darling, I'm, I'm not interested. So no, you, you, cannot, you cannot expect and you cannot build a relationship because what you, what you want to see and what you want to change. Do you want to, and what's happening when the man wants to change you? Oh, if for the better, I'm up for it. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, it is a better in, in the future. Do you think it will be a, a, your better self just because yeah, you're changing? I'm, I'm all, I always want to improve myself. Yeah, but, it's, but it, you don't need a man to improve yourself. Oh, well, it, it, it's, it's more fun to grow with a partner. If you want to improve yourself, you can improve yourself in whatever way you want to do with that man by your side helping you through it. You have no, I don't think so. Sorry, I don't think so. Sometimes, yes, but not always. in that relationship to start off with. And you both find out each other's traits to start off with at the beginning of the relationship that's all about the honeymoon period for that first three to six months whatever it is that you choose to find out about each other then you learn to grow with each other if you don't like what you see or hear within that first three to six months then it's see ya goodbye i don't like what i'm hearing or seeing that's when you find out about each other because I certainly wouldn't stick around after that period if I didn't like somebody. If you love somebody, if you fall in love with somebody after that time, you wouldn't want to change them because you fall in love with them because of how they are within that first few months. No. Okay. So, somebody, if you want to change somebody, it means that you are looking for a project. You're not looking for a partner. You want to for someone something. else. You want to create something. You want to make something into something that you think is the perfect partner for you. That's not accepting a person with their faults. I'm not. We all need to improve, but it must come from within. It must not be at your behest. Um, it is not your creation. You have to accept that person for who or what they are. If you find that there is somebody who has too many faults that you don't like, then that person is not for you. That's. I think that's the that's the key point. I, that's the key point. I mean, I wouldn't say that uh, maybe we should see uh, that person complement us. And obviously the perfect person doesn't exist. So that person will, will always uh, have some know, problems or things that need development. So the question is, the time that I'm going to invest to help that person to improve is worth it or not? You know, because there are little things that you can deal with, but there are others that you can. The question is, is that person really complementing me? A lot, I mean, you know, in a way that is worthy to keep a, a relationship with him or with her. I think that's the, uh, in my opinion, that's the question. And if the person doesn't want to change and they think that they're fine the way they are, then you're going to be frustrated, I find. Well, so you the, have, there's a balance. 
well, it depends. It, it, I think it depends how important it's for you that that person changes. In example, let's say I meet you, Sandra, okay? But you are a vegetarian, but I'm not. And very probably I'm not going to change. Even doesn't matter how much I love you, but maybe I can adapt my behavior to your that, you know, could be some kind of agreement or negotiation so we can cope uh, really well each other. You That's the key, I mean? that you want to negotiate and you want to compromise. But if I think that I am fine the way I am and I am not going to change, yes. then yeah, you're going that? to be frustrated. You're going to be frustrated. Yes, but, but, but you are delusional if you think you are the way uh, you are fine the way you are. You can't say that about somebody you don't know. You can't say that they're delusional because you are, what you're trying to do is force your idea of what they ought to be onto them, which is, is invading that person's right to be. So you're being selfish because you want that to make that person change to become something that is befitting of your image of them. So you are not recognizing that person's right to their autonomy of self, uh, you know, of being who and how they want to be. In other words, if you love, if you really love them, you'll, you will, you will work with them. Yes. But you will still have to give them the leeway to be who they are because then they're not authentic if they're going to modify their behaviors and themselves to be what you want them to be. Not a modify, modify behavior, but modify their character. It's still modifying behavior. So I think what, I think what, what you're talking about, Fei Wu, is um, a, philosoph a philosophical viewpoint that you have that um, we're all, um, we, we can all actualize to something better. I think that's what you're really talking about, isn't that? Yes. Yeah. That yeah. we can all become better. We are always so, working in progress. Okay. So, but we have to recognize that. So this leads us perfectly to conflict. So conflict is where we have different philosophical views, different behaviors, different thoughts. Um, okay. And so that's something that's deep to you, that you believe that we're going to actualize and we can, we can always become better and we can always become something. Some people may hold the belief that they're happy as they are, that this is it, this is who they are, I don't change for someone. Um, and so all conflict is, whether it's philosophical, whether it's behavioural, all conflict is where you have a view and, and the core reason that we have so much conflict in relationships is that no two people have the same beliefs. And lots of people will go through the first six months, first two years, first even five years ago, well, we're so similar. We want to live in the same kind of house. We, we both like doing this. We both like doing this. But everyone is going to find the point where they disagree. And so it's about the respect for someone's different viewpoint and the ability to have someone like to, to hold what you like stay true to what you believe and allow them to believe what they believe and coexist with that. 
so on this call, we, we we've got we've all got different views. There's points that there's points that we agree on, and there's points that we disagree on. Um, but we have to respect each other's rights because otherwise, if we if we're going to look on a societal, so that, so you have individual, you have organisation, you have societal. Um, if you look at like communist the communist societies that we've had, the Nazi society, the Nazis were about everyone must believe what I believe. And so when we look at individually in a relationship, when we say this is for the best, Hitler did what he did because he felt it was for the best for the German people. Stalin did what he did because of, uh, he felt it was for the best for the, for the German people. And so when we do it in a relationship and we say, but it would be better because of this, we're doing on an individual level the same behavior. So it's, you think it's about control, but uh, um, I know you talk about ideologies that those people do not have genuine intention. They 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 are they they had they they, 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 they had. Come on, Stalin, Hitler, both of them they were mad, but they they believe. They are working for their nation, but I think, and it's the same in in, in a person. People to become more honest is always good for themselves. Yeah, but when you are honest with the other person, are you honest with yourself? Or yeah. because maybe it is just what you want to see, and you are not going to accept the other person is not that what you want to see actually. And probably they are they are willing to change for some level, but you cannot change to everybody for for totally. So it's not a one hundred percent. It's like a you want to turn me a man, you you won't be successful because it's it's not not like that. Or if you want to change, I don't know, car be more, I don't know, feminine. I don't think so. It's going to be. Working. Okay, except for your guys with the vessel, find the honest man instead. Yeah, but if, yeah, you need to find the honest man and you need to learn to compromise because that is the, the good way to find a good relationship where you can accept nobody is perfect. I can compromise on habits, lots of things, interests, um, but not honesty. Because oh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> nobody can compromise on honesty. Yeah, but it's also it's this thing of you may think you want that, but you know, actually, brutal upfront honesty can be too much. It can be hurtful, and sometimes you just want an easy life. You know, no, I don't want an easy life. I want everybody to be brutally honest with me. You think I do the same? You way haven't had it. How do you know? How do, you, how do you know? So you come downstairs and a dress just took you half an hour to choose and then the guy goes, no, nah, it's not really. I know. You won't I like know. that. You I know myself. Like so, I don't know. Okay. I do remember one of my ex was really like, he he told me, it's like, oh, I do not like this skirt. And I was like, I knew it. He doesn't like that. He didn't like the skirt because it was sexy. And it's not because it didn't suit me. It's just because he was like, no, you you show too much. And I was like, no, I don't. 
and it was a long skirt. I just thank you. Okay, so it wasn't like a small napkin. It was a long skirt, but still, he was like, yeah, it showed too much. And I was like, fuck off. <laughs> I know better. So it is just how you like. So if you choose something for half an hour and you are self-confident, you look great. It doesn't matter what the man says. <laughs> But for somebody who is um, interested and not a clone of ourselves, I'd be dead bored if I found somebody who was exactly like me. I don't want two of me. I want, <laughs> I want differences to keep me interested. Huh? Yeah, I differences want... in terms of personality, not in terms of character. <laughs> Yeah, but the thing Obviously is, it attracts. That's in terms of personality, yeah, not in terms of values and the character. But you're still not going to find everything on the list. This is the point. There has got to be compromise and there's got to be a working through of those things because we can't have a shopping list. We are human beings. We have different characteristics. We have had different upbringings. There's differences in um, how we see right and wrong. And those are the things that we negotiate when we go dating and we develop a relationship. And if we find that there are too few ticks on the list, then we say, okay, this is a fail grade. So this relationship has not made the grade for me to accept it. So we need to part ways. Well, I think I it think all depends on what our expectations like of relationships are. For me, um, relationship is a spiritual experience and uh, we, through genuine love and the brutal honesty, both parties can transcend themselves. But some, a lot of people, they they are okay with coexist. That's fine. But I have high expectations for my relationship. Can I can I just ask, Feiwu, um, in terms of character, yes. what kind of man do you, would you hold up as um, an example? Jordan Peterson. It's not perfect. I don't believe. I don't agree with him on everything, but uh, his his concept of honesty in relationship resonates with me with a lot. Of course, he's too old. I'm only attracted to men of my age and who's also handsome. Okay, I. I what I, I mean is his character. Okay, and I don't. I don't know. I, I've actually got his book, but I don't. I've not really listened to very much of his. I've, I don't really know much about his his views. Um, is there anyone else? Oh, me? Hmm. Um. So at the moment, I'm reading his book. Um. Anyone else? Um, there are lots of personalities on YouTube. Um, obviously, no one is perfect, but uh, but they have to have this mindset that they want to improve themselves and be, to become more perfect. Okay. All right. So so um... and to transcend themselves 
brutal honesty is key. Okay. Um, But in terms of this conversation, this has become like very narrow. So to make it general um, and applicable to everyone who's listening and everyone who's here, um, we're really talking about what emotions um, and what problems and challenges women are, are universe or universally as much as possible dealing with. Um, and we're talking about conflicts in relationships. Conflicts. Yes. Yeah, so well, a fair amount of conflicts are good because if we're too comfortable, then we can't grow. Okay, so again, that's that's a philosoph- philosophical viewpoint. So that's not going to be everyone's experience. In so, my, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, in my experience, I think um, difficulty with conflict resolution and compromising from the other party. Um, I don't know. I think like in my last relationship, I was in a relationship with a guy. And he said that compromise to him was either him winning or him having to admit defeat. And it was like, it didn't seem like a great philosopher to have to me, really. It's, uh, you know, obviously you're not always going to get your own way. Necessarily, but, you know, um, yeah, I've always found compromising from other people quite difficult. Whereas I feel like I'm into. I, I think, um, I think we've talked about this before, about compromise is really where both sides, where neither side gets what they want, really. Um, and we we took, um, so here, here is like, we talked about like the, the compromise on the big things or compromise on the little things, like where, you, where you're going to eat for dinner. Um, but not on the bigger things. And and now I think it's more about understanding um, and transcending. So understanding what's on that level and then what's above it, where, uh, to find the point of agreement. Um, so, so um, okay, so, so that, that's someone that's had a fixed, fixed idea um, and isn't willing to communicate. So that's really that's really about communication and connection. So what what we're talking about in terms of the stonewalling, in terms of defensiveness, and in terms of that fixedness, is an inability to um, is like an unwillingness to connect any deeper. Because I think what what Faye was talking about is like if you're going to go on this journey together, this idealistic journey then what it's really about is an ever-deepening incre- ever connection. And that connection can only go to the point that you're willing to be honest. And that honesty and... So I think we have to be sp- more specific about compromise because what, what a compromise means is that you don't get what you want and they don't get what they want. And I think he was honest in that recognition. Um, but then the issue is, okay, so how do you resolve it? And was there any, like, alternative or...? 
um, generally his wine um, very much like to get his own wine and that's it really so I guess it was kind of like I guess it was just really compatibility but yeah it was very much uh, he gets his way or he loses and it just and it, and it stonewalls it goes nowhere so yeah it's just a willingness to to grow together or not really I guess but um, very fixed. I, yeah what I hear um from women is a lot of men are very fixed as in, I don't know, I do this. Um, and you know, like fixed in their routines and habits and views. Mm-hmm. Is that your experience? I think with the age, I am getting fixed as well. So. <laughs> you know what? I was going to say that actually, because I usually, I, every relationship I've been in has been with people older than me, up to 13 years older. And although there's there's benefits to that, I think people of that generation, guys of that generation as well, in my experience, do tend to have that certain kind of mindset, a fixed mindset, a bit more macho, not opening up, not being vulnerable and that kind of thing. So it can just be really frustrating. Do you think you choose older partners because subconsciously you don't want to have a permanent relationship? So you choose an unstable situation in case it doesn't work out. You No, but apparently I'm bloody good at it. <laughs> no, no, total opposite. No, total opposite. But, um, okay. I was a lot of. Like it takes I, a lot out of you, though. Hmm? It sounds to me that it takes a lot out of you in terms of compromising. Hugely, yeah, it's draining. Because in my younger years, I, so I chose the older man and then younger man because subconsciously I wasn't willing to settle down yet. So I chose unstable situations. And after I'm, I'm in the position to have a permanent relationship and to have children to take real responsibilities. I'm not attracted to either anymore. I, I prefer a man of my age, a genuine relationship. So so just to pick up um, from what Sandra said is um, in terms of, so there's like, if you look at game theory, so game theory is the idea that um, it's like the prisoner's dilemma. Um, so if two people go to prison and if if one, if they, <coughs> if neither of them admits the crime, um, they'll both get so many years. If one of them admits, they'll get less, but um, the other one will get free. Um, and if they both admit the crime, they'll get less. Um, and so compromise is really game theory, because if you compromise um, um, and the other person doesn't, they win. If you both compromise, you both win out more. Um, and if neither compromises, then you all lose. Um, and so in the same way that... Um, in the short term, the prisoner wins by like dobbing in his mate and 
the, the one who's honourable gets stuck with a longer prison sentence. In the same way, in the short term in relationships, people who who don't compromise when they have a partner who will win out. But in the long term, like the, the basis of humanity, where our strength has come from, is our ability to co cooperate and collaborate. And that comes from, there's a general acceptance that we work together and that, that is all game theory that where we both, where we don't take advantage of people um, because like in the old village, the person who took advantage when you only had 150 people and you knew everyone in that village, um, you knew who would take advantage and they, everyone would play it like, um, you know, like in terms of game theory, I'm not going to help them. I'm not going to cooperate. So the argument is that we've evolved to cooperate. However, I think a lot of people, I think relationship-wise, I've talked about where there's been a medieval mentality that we're backwards in terms of relationships. And so a lot of people play that relationship game by winning at the expense of someone else. Um, and ultimately, that is probably the dynamic that most damages relationships Respect, um, isn't it? it? Just comes down to respect for me personally. I find it all disrespectful. I'm going to make me half white. It's a bloody point. Yes, and what what that comes down to is, and this is why what makes dating so toxic is that people go on to a dating site. I want this. I want. I want. I want. I want. And it's kind of a grasping mentality, whereas relationships really work from a giving mentality, because if you have two individuals. And I'm going to get, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, and someone's looking at what they can get. Then what happens is if you look at like there's a bank account in terms of deposits and, and interest and compound interest, that bank account becomes depleted. And eventually the relationship becomes um, unsustainable because one person is not getting anything from it. But when two people give to the relationship, the relationship wealth becomes so much richer that it can take more stress and, and things that when they happen because, and, and there's also like the compound interest effect so that the wealth of the relationship um, grows and that's what makes the stronger relationship. Um, and so when someone doesn't have that respect for you or for the relationship, that's why ultimately it won't fail. It will fail. Um, so, so yes, um, I think it's the principle behind compromise, but the me mechanism of compromise is needs to be more refined, if that makes sense. But we need a language to, 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 to negotiate that space. And um, many of us don't have that vocabulary. And so we resort to temper tantrums, to standing firm in our corner, not to yield, because it seems like we're retreating or we are um, losing face, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I think it's not that compromise is something that we don't want to do. But even if we attempt it, 
many times we are not successful because we are not negotiating necessarily in good faith sometimes or using the right um the right language white expressions sometimes because sometimes um you can say you can say something but your actions defeat what you're trying to say because they don't coincide so i think in that space we we are probably deficient somewhat because it's not about one partner losing and one winning and i think that's where we run into difficulties because um you, there's some people who are just they just have to win at yeah. all costs <laughs> that's very narcissistic who operates on a zero-sum game. Oh, but they exist. That's the point. <laughs> everything is uh, transactional to them. Yeah. He literally um, said that as well. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think the, the solution is somewhere in between the compromise and the... Um, and, and um, obviously you said it was like the, um, I forgot what I was going to say, but it's between the compromise and the transcending. Um, as in, as in, I forgot. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's about, it's about the honesty to go beyond compromise to, um, Oh yeah. So it's not holding the fixed fixed idea. Because if you have a fixed idea of what it's going to be, um, then you're going to try and right. So when two people get together in a relationship, they both have an idea of what the dream relationship is. And they both operate according to their dream relationship. But neither, none of us know what's really going to make us happy and what the dream relationship really is. So where Faye always talked about the brutal honesty, it's, um, and uh, Nicole's talked about compromise. What we need to do is compromise on our vision. Because if we stay in a relationship and we say, this is our vision, this is what's going to make me happy, this is what it has to be, um, then what happens is we're not growing because we're following our flawed idea of what um, our flawed idea of what's going to make us happy. Whereas actually the relationships that's really going to happen is going to really going to make us happy. Isn't the relationship that we need to change to please our partner, but it's that the relationship is going to change our idea of what the relationship should be so that we have a better idea so that we grow from the friction of the relationship. So we're here with different perspectives and the value, like we're not, none of us are going to convince each other, but the value that we might have is that we might see something that we didn't see before. And it's the friction of different perspectives that helps us see our flawed ideas, our flawed assumptions um, and what's really going to work for us.
think also you've got to have a good relationship with yourself first before you enter into any relationship. You've got to know yourself and know your self-worth before you go anywhere. But, you um, going into any relationship and not know your true value and know yeah, who you are fully. Yeah, because I mean, part of a relationship is getting to understand someone. And so many of us have never really understood ourselves. Mm. Um, and so we can't, so a lot of the frustration, um, and when we're talking about the controlling behavior and all of these things are coming about because we don't really know what's best. Um, and we're not unwilling to drop our flawed assumptions for what could be better. And equally, like the stonewalling of things is because we, um, Sandra talks about us not having the language. So it's not having the language, but it's also not having the awareness of who we are. Yeah. Um, and that, particularly in men, in both senses, but um, men typically are, are less self-aware. Um, and so because they don't know, they're unable to express it. Um, and that can cause frustration and um it's a lot of the behavior. Carl. Yeah, um, one thing that I was thinking that might be difficult is that a lot of people seem to have a belief that a man and a woman can't actually be friends, that a genuine platonic connection without any sexual interest or without that ever rearing its um, ugly or pretty head. Um, and there's movies about this and, and this sort of dance and, you know, um, when somebody gets married, then, oh, then suddenly they want them and they've been best friends for years. And so the reason I'm highlighting this is how do you actually establish an authentic, genuine connection that's not driven by sex or want or desires or needs or a later context for a relationship if there's a fundamental belief beneath all of it that you're trying to get to an end result rather than actually enjoying the person if there is no sexual attraction then a man and a woman can't be friends i think if they have a sexual attraction they can be friends i do have more more than one bear friends. I friend with them more than 10 years and we just agreed we we are so good to be friends. We are not ruining it with just a few times sex because probably, you know, the sex is changing everything and we are so good to be friends. We don't want to ruin that what we have. And I know them, one of them is, I think we are friends 20 years now and the other one is 30 or something. So and it's working. Sometimes, yeah, it's still, it's coming on. Do you want to sex with me? Nah, nah. So <laughs> it's just like <laughs> this kind of, that, but it's, it's fine. And it's, it's still, is the sexual in attraction is still there, but nah, we just decided not to go with it. Well, yeah, Nicole's just said, what was the core of your question again? The core I'm saying is that there does seem to be a societal belief subconsciously that men and women cannot just be friends. And Rob was just saying that we need to get to know each other to establish a connection. But if we're blinded by uh, lust, desire, wanting more, expecting more, can we really get that fundamental baseline 
authentic connection without sort of sex muddying the water, so to speak? I think you can, but um, because, and I understand um, that closeness that you can get from having a platonic friend of the opposite sex. Um, and yes, and you dispense with the issues around sex. Um, you get it out of the way soon, and then that leaves you the space to grow as friends without that pressure. But I think in a relationship, you can have that, but you've got to, there are lots of barriers that you need to pull down over time. You have to have trust. And if you don't have that trust and that um, deep the belief um, that you are, that, that you can depend on that person, that what you're seeing of that person is authentic. Because I can tell you that the, I am a trusting person. If I go into a relationship, I do not walk around thinking that, oh, he's cheating on me, he's cheating on me, he's cheating on me. Or I need to look at his friends and say, um, is he is he sleeping with her? I'm not like that. But once I know that you are cheating on me, it all changes. So I, and that's the point. Um, if, if I'm when I'm before I get to that point, I'm open to discussions about lots of things. I'm, I'm I'm open to working on the relationship. I'm open to making myself vulnerable and all the rest of it. But once elements of distrust, you know, mistrust come into the whole thing, then it, all of that I close off. So that growth that you're talking about. Um, just get stunted right then and there. I think um, we come in, we, we, we come into the world full of um, assumptions that flawed assumptions, um, flawed beliefs, flawed um, ideas. Um, and it's from the having that um, connection and having those conversations that we overcome is only from that. So I think problems are a great opportunity that you can, because problems are how we find our flawed assumptions. Um, and so what's really important is the honesty, respect, um, and ability to, to challenge what's underpinning them. Um, and so the relationship will outgrow society. So we've talked about a lot of the society's problems, but the way that the society is going to change is from relationships because what you're doing is you're redefining. So when, when we're in a relationship, I've got this vision, I've got this vision, and then through the conflict, we are agreeing a shared vision and in that whole thing we're finding the, the flawed assumptions and we're going oh yeah but this is just because this is what i believe but it came from my childhood which is in my culture and my conditioning um and so that's how we change those and when enough relationships of those change that we see through the flawed assumptions that's when the society changes does that make sense 
I think even if two people have a genuine friendship, if but eventually, but uh, either or both of them will enter into relationships. If their partners have an issue with that, there is a priority. I, I think those two people should properly pipe down the friendship and prioritize their relationships. Can I, can I just challenge something there, Feiru? Okay. Okay. It's the use of the word should. Um, okay. Maybe I shouldn't say should. Ideally, they would. Okay. But the, the, the assumption of the question or the assumption of the statement implies that there is some external authority or there's some truth that transcends the individual's and so again, what's then happening is in a relationship, like I have my vision and the other person has their vision. And if, if you say mine is greater than yours, then that's about power and control. Okay. So um, I think it has to be individual. I think, I think there's a problem. For people like me who um, write and and do courses and workshops and things, that there's a problem that that I've always disliked is where people claim themselves to be a relationship expert because what they're saying is I know better than you, and I think we have to distinguish between experience and expertise, and then there's a distinction between personal values um, and so this is a problem when someone says like the whole I, I was a loser and then I did this and now I'm, a, now I'm I'm super and look how rich I am and look how great I am and look how white my teeth are um, what they're really saying is I'm better than you and if you do what I do you'll be better than you'll, you'll be better than you are and that's there's an assumption um, there's a value system in that so better is a value is a value judgment, um, and I think respect is enabling each person to have their own value, enabling each person to have their own um, outcome, um, and so there can I think people people who have experience like I I feel like I have something to to share because of my um, experience and because I've studied um, and I'm aware of a lot of things and I've seen a lot of things. Um, but there's, it's not for me to give someone the values. So the, the, what my way is understanding what someone wants, what someone's problem is, and navigating to that. But it's not for me to tell someone, you should do this. Because what, what we're do, then doing is we're not distinguishing between our values and our experience um, and expertise. So when someone says, 
like I, for example, I'm a relationship coach or I'm a, I'm a guru. Um, then we like, I, I learn a lot from the Gottmans. Um, but I don't necessarily share the same values. Um, and I, I can learn a lot from, you know, other people's books without having their values. And it's a respect for someone else to be able to make their journey easier, um, overcome their problems, but without ascribing to them my values. And I think individually in relationships, we can see where people make problems. We can see because we've got experience or because we've got a detached view that we can see things that they could be better. But there's a distinction between supporting someone and where they want to go and telling them where they should go. Yeah. Okay. So, by, so your, by your logic, my boyfriend didn't do anything wrong behaving like a peacock, getting lots of women's numbers then. Well, maybe not well, by his, maybe not by his value system, but it depends what he wants. Does he want a, a long-term stable relationship? In which case that's not going to work for him. Um, or does he want to sleep around? Well, so, he, uh, because I couldn't trust him to begin with. Um, so this kind of behavior just, triggered just confirmed my mistrust of him I know, I know. Well, because I maintain a very healthy boundary with all other men but of course he didn't ask me to do that but I expect I no expect I didn't ask him to do that I want him to want to do that for me hmm. so your system or, or your like when you look at your values and your behaviour, is better aligned to a lasting long-term relationship in that sense than his. But maybe he didn't want a lasting long-term relationship. Maybe he wanted to sleep with lots of women. And that's, we're all given free will. And so it's not for us. If someone want, wants to sleep around, then that's their choice. Um, and if someone wants a lasting relationship, that's their choice. We 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 have the free will to be able to choose whichever we want. Yes. Well, he's. But how do you define that upfront? This is the question. How do we know what each person, each party wants? I, I was just going to say, wouldn't it be nice if we could distinguish ourselves by like a certain colour of the rainbow, and then you meet someone like, ah, you're purple as well, and it's it can solve all that, and you know, <laughs> ah, you're pink, you like to sleep around, you thingy, yeah. If I think if if we had honesty, um, and then that would be that be easy. But what the problem, the barrier to that is judgment. Is judgment that the, the, we should all want a relationship. We should all um, want certain things. And if we if there wasn't that judgment, like um, was it Carl? Was it you who talked about the, the bar in Sweden? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we had them, um, you know, maybe there would be. 
um, so much more. So, so just for reference for anyone wasn't there, that um, apparently there is a bar that Carl has bookmarked for um, where you go and it's what, six questions or something, and then you, you go off and have sex? Just five, three or five. five. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? <laughs> so there is a bar apparently in Sweden, is it? Uh, uh, Norway. 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 Norway okay. So there is a bar where I, I may be butchering it because all I, I got was that there was about three questions. Is, is, is there any more to it? or And do we know the name of the bar? <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you already booked your ticket to Norway? Yeah, it's like, but right. it's a bar. <laughs> there's, there's the link. So it, it explains about the Norwegian dating culture. I did have it bookmarked. Um, so, it's saved yeah. open. It's, it's, it's a culture. It's a way of doing things. And yeah, I guess um, it's not, not for everyone. What's really interesting is I've been, um, I've been watching Vikings um, <laughs> on, yes, which is the whole Scandinavian. And what's really interesting is like the Vikings are fighting the Christians. Um, and how the different perceptions of the gods, uh, of what the gods want, change the behaviour. Um, and so the Scandinavians have a much more open sexuality um, and much looser, much freer um, sexually because they don't have judgment from the gods, whereas the Christians are really repressed and, you know, it's like the priests just shagging people on the, on the side but pretending to be so pious um, and the, the, you know, like there's all these intermingling affairs, but no one's open about it. Whereas in, in the Scandinavian ones, which is actually Norway, um, they, they're much more open. And so the, the, what they, what you believe religiously or spiritually is going to affect your value judgments, which can then affect your behavior. I just checked the site. There's an interesting line. Sex isn't a big deal. Intimacy is. Mm. And therein lies, I think therein lies <laughs> the rub. But I, you know, it's maybe I am too feminist or something like that. But I did have, not too long ago, a relationship where I told to a guy, I do not want anything. I do have just one body part of him. I want to use it and you can go home. And he was, he was really offended and he tried to drag me into a relationship. And I told him, no, I do not want to be with you as a boyfriend, girlfriend. I want to just have a sex with you. What's the problem with it? And he, he was offended and he, I think we didn't speak since broke up. Because he was like, no, I don't want that. And I was like, what's wrong with you? You are a man. You have to be happy to have just a, a sex relationship. You don't need to do anything. But he was, and I, I'm really, because we still, we have some man. So why, what was the problem with it? Why? He was gay. What? He was gay. No, he wasn't. I can't tell you. Um, <laughs> I think what we really want is, um, so yes, yeah, so th there's this perception, like men, all men want is sex, right? And what that really is, is not about sex. 
but it's about what sex means. And sex can be power. Sex can be validation. Um, um, and because if you look at lots of women complain about men who are in relationships, they've been in a relationship a few years um, and the man doesn't want sex. Um, he's watching porn. Um, and she's like, oh, why? Why doesn't he want? Because, it, and it's not about, because it's not about the sex. So where the perception of men philandering and being unfaithful is more about when a man needs validation from sex. So in your example, I would say what he, he, like one perspective is that maybe he took that as, well, I'm only good for sex. And he took that as, uh, okay, well, I want the challenge of, I, I want to be important enough that you want a relationship with me. Um, and where he felt that was like, all oh, you're good for is sex. And so, so in that sense, sex didn't become a status, but it became um, not good enough in some other way. So we can be honest or we can't be honest? No, no, you, you can, but not everyone can handle honestly. <laughs> so if you, I think if you really want like that connection, that relationship, then you really want honesty. Um, but not everyone. But again, you can only connect to the level that someone is willing to be honest and vulnerable. And also he may have been experiencing what women um, experience in a lot of um, circumstances like that, that object, objectification, wherein it's, yeah, that's what you're for. And, and also... And it's not familiar, it's not a familiar um, feeling for him, it's unknown, so, mm. <laughs> you know, it's scary. <laughs> and also, from, from the way you said it, Agnes, I wasn't sure if he was going home with the body part. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you specify. Maybe, yeah, probably. <laughs> I will ask him, okay, <laughs> if I was afraid of... <laughs> Is, is it, doesn't this tricky dynamic always play out the same way that one person catches feelings, you know, um, uh, some many, many years ago, I kind of tried something like that in that when we had a date and I was, wasn't really that plussed by her and I, I didn't really, but then we kept spending more time as friends and then eventually slept together and more so. And then I've got to see that she had really good qualities and then I, came to like her in the end when originally I didn't and yeah, yeah she mm. wasn't interested in, in anything further where I should have perhaps but I didn't see it at first you know endeavoured to start a relationship or something yeah I, I think you really hit on why why sex is a problem um, and why sex because it's the emotions attached um, and when we try to separate one from the other and then we have sex, which we see as intimacy. Um, um, so it, it's, the, it's the reason why mechanically polyamory and open relationships don't work because, um, and I know that they do for some people, but when you look at statistically, um, they have a higher rate of failure. So mechanically, um, it's not as effective um, because there is one gets pushed. Maybe someone's been pushed into it or maybe um, one has more feelings 
I mean, I think the whole dynamics of dating is that someone wants someone who wants someone else who wants someone else um, is then comes into play in the relationships um, where part of the, the what makes a relationship solid is I commit to you, I commit to you. And so that there's some sacrifice. Um, there's some sacrifice or like I'm sacrificing the other choices for this, which shows a commitment. And if you don't have that, um, then yeah, it becomes messy because we're emotional creatures more than we realize. Or should it be avoided? What should what emotions or sex? <laughs> well, I don't think we can avoid either of those, but um, yeah, friends with benefits, let's say, you know, casual. I don't know. Well, again, I think it's a value judgment. And I think it's individual. Um, I, it is, I think the problem is that we, we um, like blanket judgments, um, all of these, like the type of relationship that you have, whether you, you have friends with benefits, where all of these things are negotiable. They're all our choices. But the problem is we've moved from a model where you must do this which comes from like when I was talking about the Vikings, that the old Christian idea has built the society where there's judgment if you do anything outside. But actually, in order for us to be happy, um, you know, like Faye, where you talked about the, the actualization, that actualization has to come from us. It's what are we, like every flower flourishes and blooms um, from its blueprint we have to flourish and bloom from our blueprint. We can't, the problem is we're all trying to fit in to moulds. Um, and so all every type of relationship there's ever been, um, and these aren't necessarily new, these have happened in tribes naturally thousands of years ago um, and in more remote tribes now. So it's what works for you. And what works for you depends on your level of emotional maturity, your level of awareness, all of these things. Um, <clears throat> so it's understanding that and then you choose. So I don't think that going back to the value judgments, I don't think we can say this is right, this isn't right. It's about everyone has to choose what's right for them. But we have to be honest. Are we choosing it because it's easy? Because of like this is the whole emotional thing of, of fear, greed, um, or, or are we choosing it because it's right? And that's what the really tough bit to be honest about. Are we wanting to change someone because it's good for them or because it's what you know, it's better for us? Um, Carl. Yeah. Sorry. I know I just spoke. I don't, I want to speak again, but it's just came to my mind. It's a really, um, kind of enlightening experience sort of thing. But um, I, I kind of met somebody and got talking to them and they were asking me loads of questions and I felt quite flattered. And, you know, I looked them in the eye and I just, I just knew there was nothing really there. But she was absolutely beautiful and showing an interest. Anyway, some friends sort of dragged me off to something. And then later on, as, as the evening ended, I kind of said, oh, you know, give me a call. And when we had a meal, you know, 
it did come out actually said it verbally that you literally can't put something there that's not there but I still want I still had the desire for her I was still attracted to her and all, all the other things that are, are very standard interactions but I knew on a deeper level just almost instantly from our first conversation that it just it wasn't there um and I hated that because I really liked her. I liked all the rest of her, but that that deeper pull, that something that you just know whether it's absolutely right or not, wasn't there. Do you think that's like um because you were actually in person? Do you think that's like a pheromone thing, like a, a chemical attraction? I don't know. I just there was nothing wrong with her. She was great. You know, that's that, what made me wonder if you just instinctively knew that somehow you were incompatible. You know, like a, like you say, on a deeper level. I don't know. Was she showing interest in you? That she wanted to be with you? She yeah. was asking me lots of questions, like she goes, "Oh, you know, I'm sorry, I don't mean to pry." Sort of. And I was like, "No, no, it's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm an open person, so I'm, I'm responding back." So she was kind of coming at me, if that makes sense. And yeah, ah, the chemistry, that elusive, that elusive term. Yeah, the chemistry. Yeah. Maybe, maybe sometimes people are just curious. For example, I can be very curious with people and ask them loads of questions because I want to understand people. Uh, I'm interested in people, but I'm not actually interested in them in a romantic way, which can give people wrong ideas. Are you a police officer? <laughs> no. No, okay. But he took, her, he took her out to dinner, which says, I'm interested in you and I want to get to know you, um, not just, you know, sitting down casually and asking questions or somebody. So there's a hint that I might, I, we could like each other. Yeah, um, but, but let me explain, though, that I didn't do this consciously. Oh, I don't like you deeply, but I'm still going to ask you out for dinner so I can sleep with you. It was I didn't know what I was looking at at the time. I didn't know that kind of air or something in front of me that I was in my awareness that actually you're not right for me. I didn't know what I was looking at. But when we had dinner, the topic come up, oddly enough, and then uh, the penny started to drop a bit. Yeah. The, yeah, there are people that you meet who have all the, they tick all the boxes on the surface. But there is that element that you can't even define, which says, no, this is, this, it, this doesn't work. It, the, there's something that's missing and you will have the conversation, you'll ask the questions. The person is gorgeous to look at. Um, everybody would love to be with that person, but it just doesn't work. We can't choose whom we fall in love with. We have no free will. Well, yeah, but also, I, I've also, not too long ago, seen this go the other way with somebody who I don't find physically attractive. I think their lifestyle, they live like a pig. Um, I'm not, like, there's just nothing that, that binds us, but we had, like, this real lust and this... Come here, like, you know, animal <laughs> thingy <laughs> on all other levels. And they've actually got a boyfriend now and they, they still talk to me. And like, we're still like, what is this? Or what, what happened? And we don't try to analyze it because it just doesn't. And we have no idea why we're so attracted to each other yet. I honestly, like, 
this is re- no, I won't say it. But no, I just I don't want to. I don't want to be with them in any capacity. It's strange, other than a kind of animal magnetism. Ah, the pheromones are fluid. Ah, I said it was the pheromones. I love it. <laughs> what do you mean by they live like a pig? All right, okay, so like, you know, they love like takeaways and things like that, which is okay for some, but like I like to make all homemade food and make most things from scratch. And I just, when they say, oh, I'm having a lovely, you know, takeaway from somewhere, I'm like, oh, God, that's not, to me, that's just like nothing worse. It's terrible, you know. Okay, that's nothing. That's just like a haha lifestyle. It has nothing, I mean, it doesn't affect attraction and chemistry at all. So now you have got unfinished business with her. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> I don't know. She might be in the chat room. I have to be careful what to say. Who knows? Um, <laughs> what, what? Nothing. She's got a boyfriend. Nothing. Nothing can happen. I wouldn't even dream of doing it. And she talks to you. She still talks to me. And she's attracted to you. Yes. Well, she's unreliable. I'm with you on this one, Carl. If 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 the food is no no, no. <laughs> fast food and all of those things, no 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 no, can't 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 extend to anything long term. No way. <laughs> I have had um, this uh, experience of feeling um, like uh, mag- animal magnetism, as you guys put it with people in the gym before. So I just shut down. I didn't give any signal. But uh, I could feel the intensity. Even though we didn't speak anything, we never spoke. Do you tend to find that you have it with people who you know are not going to be good for you? Because I always do, and I never go there because I'm just like, yeah, it's <laughs> not a good situation uh, getting into. Uh, I like bad boys. I like bad boys. <laughs> I never go with them. No, no, no way. <laughs> just in the eyes, isn't it? So Yeah, it's the bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> no, not going there. No, 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 I'm too cautious. Yeah, no, 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 it'd be a fun no, game. Uh, but <laughs> Lost from afar. Yeah. <laughs> uh. One has got to keep safe. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, um, um, we've run over again and I've got another call in a little while. Um, So before we go, so we've spoken about women's challenges and problems in relationships. And if we just go around quickly in a minute, everyone to give universal advice to women in the problems and challenges. So everyone's going to be an agony aunt, uncle. Um, who's going to go, uh, Ignacio, you're right next to me in the, in the box. In one minute, your advice to women, universal advice to women in relationships. Be open-minded. Thank you. Um, Carl. Vague. Sorry? Be open-minded. That's too vague. But then isn't like uh, some of the greatest wisdom is like Cohen's and um, 
the Tao Te Ching and all of these things are because in the vagueness there's interpretation. In yeah. in when we're too precise, we're imposing. Okay. Um, God, Faye, you're next. Then. So you can give Actually, something. I have a question. I was thinking how to transcend the ego. Ego. Do you think we should follow our heart without expecting any result? So we detach from the outcome. Okay. So in one minute, I would like you to give that advice to someone who asked you that question. Your best advice in one minute. Me. Mm, to that very question that you asked. How would you answer it? Um, I think I I started that way with my latest relationship. But then, um, so I was just giving him unconditional love, hoping to help him to transcend himself. But then, it, because he wasn't on the same page, or on the same wavelength, and eventually... Okay, it, but we're looking for universal advice to, to everyone. Anymore. I guess... I don't know. If both parties are on the same page, that would be fantastic. Both surrender their ego. But if only one, I don't know. Better you got to experience what you have to experience. You feel impelled to experience in order to transcend yourself. Okay, thank you. Because I always follow my heart. I'm not a person who can control my emotions. I know lots of people can. They send the advice they give me. Okay, thank you. Sandra. Mm. <laughs> if anyone wants us to come back after, if they're not ready. Okay. Um, do not enter relationships with, uh, with defined boundaries preset. Go with the flow, be flexible, and it may take you, and you might, um, you may experience something that's bigger and better than your expectations. That's the same as be open-minded. In a way, but it's beyond, it's beyond just being open-minded because you have to consciously look at your expectations and um, your boundaries in terms of what you wanted. So it's, it's more than just being um, open, saying that you're open-minded. You have to consciously look at what it is that you, you were using to frame your expectations of a relationship. And then you have to consciously um, pull those boundaries down. It's easy to say be open-minded, but what does that mean? That's what I'm getting at, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Carl. Um, just to be brave. And, um, yeah, like you were saying earlier, um, vulnerability and communication. And see it through. Be brave. Sarah? Um, just to... Be true to yourself and know yourself. Get to know yourself. But no one in history has ever fully understand themselves, nor 
another person. Okay, but we're just wrapping up. So everyone's like last minute words, um, whether it's short um, and vague or longer and precise. John. Okay. I just think you've got to keep talking. You, 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 you've got to have that self-awareness, the awareness of the other person and, You've got to want the same thing. You've got to be prepared to make the same amount of effort, the same amount of compromise. And the minute there's any convergence and one or other recognises, if you've just got to talk, address it, is it fixable, isn't it? Is it something that you can compromise on, isn't it? And just work it out and not just head down, soldier on or wimp out. It's just keep that communication channel open for me. Uh, communication and honesty and trust has to be paramount, I think. And to establish that, you, you've both got to know what you both want and share that and talk about it and keep up up to date. Keep keep that that you know the channels of communication open and, and just be honest. Thank you, Agnes. Okay, so I think. Every woman has to believe have to believe uh, their instincts because sometimes it's your gut is saying it's is telling the truth, just you don't want to face it. So sometimes you know much more earlier the other person is not good for you, but you do want to override this one and you want just to believe, yeah, he is the one and the they don't. You need to believe yourself. Okay. Thank you. Nicole? On a similar vein, actually, I think um, your intuition and your gut instinct will tell you a lot, definitely. Um, and I think communication is key and being facing your fear to step forward and be vulnerable um, because if you do, you might win the prize at the end. So, yeah, do it anyway. What you got to lose? Thank you. Ignacio? I think I already said to be open minded. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, you've got two. <laughs> I was talking to the other Ignacio. Um, <laughs> Kay Feng? Hi. Um, Hi. I've been listening all night. Um, I don't really have uh, any advice because I don't think I'm qualified to give any advice to anybody about relationship, really. I'm not very successful. Actually, I'm a failure in that. Um, but uh, just a bit of um, why my thought about tonight, and I think um, um, this is how I feel after listening to what you guys were saying. I think um, it's, um, it's in our human nature to protect ourselves and look after our own benefit, our own mental health, emotion, things like that. And look after, we are looking for what's good for us. We want what's good for us. And you could say that's selfish, but uh, it's really, we all have the same DNA fundamentally. And sometimes in, in relationship term, I think, um, what we were looking for as individually, what we think is good for us individually is also what's good for the other one. And then we are a good match. 
and or otherwise we are not and that's that there's uh if we are not a good match there's no point over analyzing it and keep lingering around and that's how i feel that's thank all. you some wisdom in there just one thing i wanted to pick up on is that a lot of people feel like a failure in a relationship and if you it depends on how you judge it and if you judge it as in uh, a relationship hasn't worked um then that's going back to what we talked about before that's a finite game whereas i think relationships are really part of life and it's like how do you navigate through life um and you can only be a failure if the game's over and so a relationship not working isn't necessarily a failure it's just part of like if you were driving somewhere so a relationship is really about navigating and if you were driving somewhere and the road was closed off and you were diverted that's not a failure it's just you're moving around it you and sometimes in life we have to move like life gives us the context um and i think a lot of people um there is this pressure that you're winning if you're in a relationship um but nobody knows what someone's relationships like behind closed doors no one knows how someone feels and i think so, there's a lot of people that are more that are happier being single than people who are in relationships it's all about where do you want to be and how are you feeling along the way um and sometimes relationships fail and it's not it's just because they want the right person for you or um or you couldn't have it like you couldn't work things out and it's not necessarily a failure it's just you, your path and everyone's got a different path and it's not i think one of the, the the big problems in relationships is comparison and expectations and if we take away the comparisons and the expectations because we're only on our path and it doesn't matter how anyone else is doing um and our expectations are what's going to disappoint us um so it's just recognizing here's where i am and that, um we can always do better and we can always do worse but it's not failing uh janice um i put trust your gut feelings as well but i also put um keep respect for the relationship and each other um have the difficult discussions be kind grow and keep fun as an important element i think when we're all everyone gets busy and it's often something that you know you can get so serious about trying to make this relationship work that it sucks all the fun out of it so um i think it you know especially in stressful life you know you you need to really keep that in mind thank you uh nicole do i get another um, go um well, there's another nicole shouting Nicole Xiao Chong. Yeah, it might not be there. Okay, thank you for your words of wisdom. Um, and see you next week, hopefully. Have a great week. Thank you so much. Cheers, you too. Cheers, Bye. 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 Bye.